Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 61. Well, not welcome back to episode 61. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast, and we're on episode 61. Joining me, as always, as I kick my microphone across the room, podcast professionals, Travis. How's it going, man? How's things going? And uh, how did you think last week's episode was received, our interview with Chris Grant? I am doing well. Uh, I thought the interview was fun last week. Um, Had some people say that they appreciated it, and... um, yeah, it was a good one. Um, it's always fun to get somebody's perspective that's like not necessarily in the same industry, not doing the same stuff that we're doing every day. Um, and Chris has sure. got a lot of good insight, so it was fun. Um, how are you guys doing over there? What's I see you're at you're at you're actually um, in your apartment, not at uh, what for apparel. But how's what for apparel yes. doing? And man, we're doing well, staying busy uh, as always, and uh, just. Keeping things cranking, keeping things cranking, man. I know you know Q4 is coming up, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. But um, just kind of laying the groundwork for things to come. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were talking about today, like if this is, you know, our, we have a couple clients that are doing a, a lot of volume. If this is their non-holiday volume, I can't imagine what holiday volume is going to be like, and the amount of help we're yeah. going to need. Uh, sure. Which is, um, you know, seasonal help. But if you have your own production facility or you've worked in any kind of um, workforce job. Seasonal help is a real thing, especially for like sales and, and retail sales yeah. and stuff like that. There's they always kind of bulk up for for Q4. How about you guys that make your mark, man? How's things going over there? How's the 3070 treating you? Loving the 3070. Um, had a delay on our conveyor dryer, so now I'm trying to jump through some hoops and potentially get a different one is that it, can be here the, sooner. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. I, I, okay. yeah. I remember we talked about you getting the one sooner i thought you meant there was a delay on the one that you thought you could get sooner but you're talking about the original one there's the delay yeah Yeah, so we're still we still have a little bit of a a, uh, kind of a bottleneck when we're curing the shirts because we're trying to cure with a hover press um and um as opposed to a conveyor dryer and so it just you know makes takes a little longer because that printer prints so fast and it's prints so beautifully, by the way, as an aside, but uh, prints yeah, so it fast that it just overwhelms our our presses. So today, though, actually, because uh, we're probably not going to get our our conveyor dryer for another couple of weeks, even the one that I got like after the fact. Sure. Um, but uh, today we figured out a way to make convert one of our other presses to be able to hover. So the idea behind that is um, when you're curing a shirt, it comes out of the printer and you need to cure it, which basically just means apply heat to where the ink will set into the fabrics and not bleed or not wash out, you know, when you put it in the wash Um, and it requires heat, but that garment is wet. So you don't want to put that pressure, you know, like a full on heat press on it and just because you'll rub that ink and you know, the, your platen, the top platen will get all, you know, nasty with ink over time. And maybe on your next print, you actually put that down and, you know, some of that ink wasn't totally dry and it comes out mm-hmm. on the, the second shirt and yep. it's, you know, it just can be bad. So you try to use a hover press, mm-hmm. but when you use a hover press, you don't have the full 
heat, you know, that you would if you sure. really pressed it down. And so it takes a little longer to actually mm -hmm. cure those, those garments really well with, you know, if you're using a hover. So it just creates a bottleneck, but now we'll have at least two to do that with, um, which I, that will really, really, obviously it doubles or divides yeah. in two the, the amount of time yeah. you have to cure it. Um, so that'll be good. Um, still really excited to get that conveyor and just get it up and running and, um, oh, yeah. probably take another picture or two for the, for the Facebook group once, you know, we've got that in and, and everything's yep. settled, but, uh, we're seeing a, a definite increase in orders, um, from both ourselves and from our clients. I think, you know, you were saying we're going to, you know, we're coming into Q4 and it's, it's funny because yeah. we say that because when we think of Q4, we think of, you know, December and, or November and December, mainly November, December, December but, right. Q4 is so actually guess, right now. Technically, you know, we're already in Q4, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so we're definitely already seeing kind of some of that pre-crazy time increase because it, it does slowly tick up, I think, yeah. all the way through October and then all the way through early November. And then once, you know, once Thanksgiving hits, um, it's just a mad dash to the end of the year. So, <laughs> yep. so we are yep. seeing some of that Absolutely. early those early increases in orders, um, which is good. You know, uh, we hired a, uh, another DTG guy. So we've now got a full staff. Now I went to a, um, uh, and I know you just asked how we're doing, but, um, that on the topic of topic or of, uh, temporary workers, I did a, um, a job fair here mm -hmm. recently and oh, went nice. out last, so last Monday, a week ago, and, you know, for a couple hours and met some people and got a list of people together that were looking for, you know, some, some jobs. I don't know how many of them were really actually interested because you kind of just play sure. nice in those things. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get a, a person or two out of that. And then we've got some other ads running. We're just trying to, trying to get some temporary workers because we're definitely going to need them come, you know, yeah. middle of, middle of November into December for sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, we'll get into that more in uh, this week's main event of the podcast. But before we go there, before we go to the point of interest, before we go anywhere else, we always have to start things off correctly with this week's weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. We do a lot of dad jokes, Travis. And mm. you listening, you know that we do a lot of dad jokes. Last week, we had a dad joke connoisseur on and gave what <laughs> To this day is probably the best dad joke that I've ever delivered or read. Hmm. That was last week. It's pretty good. But here's last week. Here's a little go back and listen little, if you didn't hear it. Yeah. No, that yeah, you should. You should go back and listen because it was it was epic. But we wanted to kind of break down the mechanics of a dad joke because there hmm. of, of course is the reasoning behind everything. So my question to you, Travis, my question hmm. to the listener would be when does a joke become a dad joke. Hmm. I don't know. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. And that's this week's weekly dad joke. You are all very welcome. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to the dad joke. It's a beautiful baby boy. Uh, no, I don't, yeah, I think that's great. So that was quite the setup we're gonna move, for that joke. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It was a long way to go for a we're short getting, dad joke, but that's... We're, we're, we're getting more and more elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> you got to switch up the approach because they're just waiting for joke punchline. And then I went mm. and divulged into this whole, you know, pseudo soliloquy about the reasoning and the meaning behind dad jokes. 
mm. and saying $10 words like soliloquy. So speaking of $10 <laughs> words, this week's uh, point of interest is uh, some $10 words that are also niches, I would say. So let's go into this week's point of interest. Point of interest. Travis, we found a list uh, before we pressed record uh, of top 1,000 niches. Top 1,000 niches. And uh, just for, fair for warning, t-shirts. Specifically for, for t-shirts. t-shirts. Yes, specifically for t-shirts. And uh, there, we learned some things, I think. <laughs> so you could call them. No, it's where you said t-shirts. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt niche. It's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> Yes, yes. And if there's 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 t-shirt niches, tish, there's quilt niches, quiche. I mean it goes, <laughs> goes round deep. and round. It goes deep. But we learned some things uh about some potential niches that you need to be aware of, you the listener. Uh, of course we know the basics, right? Well, what are what are some 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 like well-known niches, Travis, like there's like nurses, right? Yep. Teachers, like what else? What else is some niches that we talk about a lot here on the show? Uh, you know, like mechanics or sure. uh, like you said, like t-shirt teachers or, um, you know, there's sports niches, you know, as you could, you know, basketball players, football players, soccer yep. players, obviously don't want to, yep. you know, cross the line with teams and such, but you know, people enjoy those types of activities, anything sure. pretty much like magicians, um, you know, tech support stuff. I mean, there's a lot of really good yeah. niches you can get into. Yeah. This, this, this list though, it takes it to a whole new level. It does. It takes it to a level that I didn't even know was necessary uh, until I read <laughs> right. this. But what Travis and I are going to do is we're going to just look at this list. Uh, maybe we can even provide you the link in the show notes because there is a pro version of this list that offers some actual data um, as far as, you know, the validity and, and traffic and search volume and stuff like that on different e-commerce platforms that you can actually purchase. But we're just going to go to this list and we're just going to uh, riff a little bit on some some uh, niches that you, tishes rather, that you didn't know existed. For example, there is a hoe niche. Mm-hmm. A hoe niche? Heavy, yes, heavy equipment operator. So if you have a hoe in your life, mm-hmm. uh, you can make a t-shirt for them. <laughs> and I think that's, that's, I mean, uh, hoes need shirts too. <laughs> they do. Um, here's one. I, I like, I'm just going to let that one go. I'm not going to continue on that, down that path. Um, I like, I like the, the teach of mushroom hunting. That's a thing. Like people ah. hunt mushrooms. And so of course yes. they would need a t-shirt, uh, when they're actually mushroom hunting, um, I, yeah. I thought that was really interesting that that's one of the top 1000 in t-shirt sales. <laughs> yeah. Who knew mushroom mushroom hunting is, is a, is an actual teach that you can, you can get involved in. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the other one that I think is interesting is lapidary lapidary mm. relating to stones and gems and the work involved in engraving, cutting or polishing them. So if you have a rock collector or a mm-hmm. rock enthusiast or a lapidarist, that's a word that I just made up. <laughs> Uh, use that in your keywords, boys and girls. 
Uh, <laughs> the lapidary niche. You always need shirts to talk about how much geology rocks. Am I right? There you go. The shirt idea for you. There are so many. Lucid dreaming is a is a mm-hmm. niche for all those lucid g- dreamers in yep. in your life. Um, <laughs> organ donors. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if you're an organ donor, you might as well just wear it on a T-shirt. So if you do get into a, you know, and you're dead and you can't really talk because when you're dead, you can't really talk. They don't even yeah. have to go for your yeah. wallet and see, you know, you see your license. If you're an organ donor, they just read it on your T-shirt and just start harvesting. Yeah. In fact, here's a T-shirt idea. Just outline of where all the organs are in the abdomen. So if you, it says organ donor, and then should you get a paramedic that's, you know, new, there's just like a, a cut. Cut along the dotted line. A little dotted line going on there. So, I think that could work well. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, Braille. uh, I don't know really how to approach that one. Mm. That's tough. I I feel. I feel like the people who use Braille um, wouldn't really appreciate a shirt. That's just a first blush theory. But Braille. Hey, that's a okay. It's it's on there. It's a niche. It's on the list. Like if it's on the list, it's got to be, it's got to be true. I thought this um, was interesting. Redheads. That's an actual niche that you can get into. You could, you know, I mean, as, as if, as if somebody could, you know, like was having a hard time recognizing if your hair was red or not, <laughs> you just tell them with a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, or maybe, maybe redheads are, are your type. Um, you know, there's one to two percent of the population that that is an actual redhead. So that is a sub niche, a sub tiche, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, this, the worm farming, worm farming is a niche. Worm farming, yep. Yeah, and and know, as I was saying, as I was saying when we first saw this, you know, and for every taxi driver that you know, there's also probably a taxidermist that you yeah. know. Both yep. quality tiches. Yes, quality. Funeral directors. Mm. You know, I think it's well known that funeral directors love a good novelty T-shirt when they are directing uh, such services. So, you know, uh, but seriously, guys, this list is (laughs) ridiculously extensive with stuff that like we're like we're saying here. I I wouldn't have had a a reason to think, you know, uh, a sausage shirt, a saw machine niche. Some, uh, so dog agility is dog a niche. Agility. <laughs> dog agility. That is a real thing. Ripperology is a niche. Mm. The the fascination with Jack the Ripper. And there's also a serial killer niche. So some of these are concerning that they actually <laughs> had to put these uh, in, 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 a, in a tiche list because um, that's just a little dark. So guys, what, we will put this link in the notes. Um, go check it out. Seriously though, because you might think of some ideas. You, maybe you know, you know some some t-shirt ideas, and you can plug in some keywords, research some more. And if you're looking to just kind of expand and, and appeal to a wide group of people, this list might actually be useful, um, yeah. especially coming up to Q4 because it it's a gift season, right? So the main reason we wanted to talk about this list and kind of put it out there was as you're listing stuff to sell in Q4, which you should have already been doing, of course, preempting. Uh, things to be to be listed and sold, but this will kind of give you a good place to start when you're thinking of man, what other shirts could I do? What else is there to to make, or what can I appeal to? So yeah. uh, check out that check out that link. What did you think, Travis, about uh, this ridiculously in depth t shirt list? 
Yeah, I think it's it's awesome just because, I mean, we are in a industry, at least a, a lot of us doing print on demand, we're in an industry where most of the products we give are, or we, we create are for gifts. And so yeah. it makes sense to have this kind of list, um, you know, to spur our imagination, spur our creativity, and perhaps um, come up with some things that we weren't necessarily thinking before. I mean, I, I pride myself on having a lot of, you know, a very broad, uh, you know, selection of niches with my products, but this goes even beyond that. And so I'm actually yep. going to give this to our VA who specifically researches new designs and new design ideas and say, Hey, put some of this in the Google machine and see what comes <laughs> up, you know, and maybe we'll come up yep. with some great stuff for, you know, um, uh, helicopter niche or yeah. the gun control niche or the windsurfing niche or the uh, wood carving niche. You know, I mean, there's a lot of them that perhaps we've never considered. So, um, right. so yeah, it's, it's always good to find things like that, that can really jog your creativity and, and, and give you a kickstart there for sure. Yeah. And if anything else is just educational, because did you know that there's a pastel goth niche? I mean, I don't know what a pastel <laughs> goth is. <laughs> but but it is a either. thing, and we're always trying to educate you, the listeners. So, you know, as they say, the more you know. You're all very mm. welcome for this educational yeah. moment. So with that, we're going to put this list uh, to bed, the Tish list, and uh, it'll be the link will be there in the show notes for you to peruse. And if you find one that's interesting or if you know what a pastel goth is, hit us up in the group. Let us know. I'm genuinely curious when I say that. Uh, yeah, printonthemancast.com slash Facebook and uh, let us know your favorite tiche or if you like the word tiche. We like it, obviously, because we keep using it. So with that, we're going to go to this week's main event. Main event, main event, main event. Main event, main event, main event. All right, Travis, you kind of alluded to it, but let's talk about what this week's main event is and uh, why we decided to kind of do the, okay, you know, there's annual checkups for for your health. Well, this is kind Mm -hmm. of an annual checkup, the print on demand cast annual checkup. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, like you said, you go into a doctor, you get a checkup or whatever. Um, We are going to do a checkup for you uh, on your Q4 preparation, your holiday rush preparation, because as we've been alluding to this whole episode, um, sales are just going to continue to climb and climb and climb. And then as soon as, you know, Black Friday hits Thanksgiving right there, right, right around that spot, um, it's going to do a hockey stick, you know, on the, on the chart as far as orders go. And, um, you know, the, the big question is, are you ready? And I hope you have been getting ready because here we are halfway through October already. Um, there are some things that it's probably almost too late to do, but I think there are still some things that you should at least be thinking about if you're not already and be prepared for. So with that said, what's our first one, Josiah? Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is order flow. Uh, we've talked about this a lot in, in previous episodes, but the question is, do you have a good system for processing your orders? Because whether you do or whether you don't, the reality is, is that rubber will meet the road November, December, and you will come out of <laughs> December 
thinking, yeah, that was a good system for orders. And yes, we did build that to what we needed to be. Or the flip side of that coin is, holy crap, we need to retool the entire thing because Q4 just blew this, you know, burst everything at the seams, blew the doors off of this thing. And we've got to figure out how to make it better. One of the ways to always think about that, another thing we've talked about is, is to build for where you want to be, not necessarily for where you are. So if you're building and kind of forecasting uh, the order, this this process or any really process in your business for the sales volume in, in July, well, it's not going to be the same. You have to kind of forecast out to, if you've never done a Q4 before, um, reach out to people who have been through a Q4, ask them, do some research, get some advice. If you have done a Q4, learn from that Q4 and understand that the idea is for this Q4 to be more successful for the, than the last Q4. So you can still mm-hmm. even expand upon what you did for the last one. So always future cast and kind of forecast where you think you're going to be and build a solution for that time instead of playing catch up because you lose out yeah. on a lot of profitability, a lot of orders, a lot of opportunity when you're playing catch up. If you want to know more about the order flow that we talked about, it was episode 16 in the archives. I always want to say that. Go check it out in the archives. Episode 16 <laughs> in the PODcast archives, order flows, where we talked all about that and the importance of having uh, an important order flow. Another thing mm-hmm. to think about as well in this is custom orders. Custom yeah. is huge, huge, especially if you're doing stuff on Etsy, um, you know, your own websites, whatever. But for holidays, custom is awesome. People want custom items for gifts. But how is it processed? How is it collected? How do you get the art? Is bulk different from, you know, than one or two per day? What does that system look like? So, Travis, what are some thoughts before before I throw to you again for, for number two? What are some thoughts on this order flow thing? Kind of fill in the gaps here uh, from, from what I've said as far as the importance of making sure that this thing is robust enough to, to handle the volume um, that you want to anticipate for in, in a Q4. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's going to depend on whether or not you're doing all of your orders in-house or if you're, yeah. you know, drop shipping these, these orders, sending them off to somebody else to fulfill for you. Um, but it's still, it's still vitally important. It's interesting that the order flow episode 16 that we did, um, last year literally was published, um, December 9th. So it was <laughs> probably somewhat of a reactionary. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. Uh, it was podcast. a reflux. Yeah. 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 Uh, we need to uh, talk about this because this hurts. I'm hurting right now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I just think that's interesting. I'm actually, I'm actually probably going to go listen to it at some point here in the next week, just to, just to kind of hear what we were saying and what we were thinking about orders. Um, one of the things that, you know, you, you, you talk about custom orders and um, you know, that there's, there's a, an inherent part of the custom order, which, which, um, contains the customer service element because you have to collect that custom art from your client. Now there's two different kinds of, I guess, custom can be, um, you can systematize it to where, you know, you can only customize it with certain things to where, you know, you can, to where I'm still building the art, you know, um, but I'm just basically piecing it together and, and, and we can internalize that. Um, and you can put all of that kind of in sure. your order. So when you get it, you have all of the data that you need to actually process that. 
but there are limitations with Etsy. You can only have certain number of like fields that they can actually fill in and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Amazon yeah. is the same way. You, there are some limitations that if you want to really go beyond that, there are going to have to be some, you know, connections with your customers, you know, some emails or some messages or whatever. Um, and so how is that going to be when instead of one or two a day, now you've got 10 or 20 a day and you're still working a full-time job and you got to yep. come back and you've got to get all that data because what happens is, you know, you get out, you get home and you're like tired or whatever. And you go online, you're like, Oh my gosh, I have 20 orders. I need to get all of the data for. And so you send out all those emails and then you're tired right. and you're going to go back to work the next day. And then you come home and you have another 20 that you have to get all this stuff for. But then you also have all of the answers to the 20 from the day before, but only 15 answered. So you still have five that you're waiting for, but right. you know, the clock's still ticking. So, I mean, yep. you know, there's just all of these things that you need to, to think through. And if you're going to have that kind of volume where yeah. every single day you're going to have, you know, 20, 30, 40 orders coming in and you're going to have to connect with your customer about those, it may be time to bring somebody else on. It might be time to train a virtual assistant to help you manage some of that. You know, just, hey, virtual assistant, yep. every time an order comes in, I want you to send out the initial email that says, hey, this is the data I need to collect. And I want you yeah. to monitor that inbox to collect that data and put it in the folder that has all of, has all of the elements for this particular order. So then when we actually send it off to the printer or do it ourselves, it's all right there. Um, some type of system for that. So that's what we mean when we talk about order flow. Yep. That's just one piece of the puzzle, um, you know, but it's something to consider even if you're not going to have 20 or 30 or 40, even if you're only going to have 10, because you're going to have more right. than you are used to. <laughs> I guess that's the point. Yeah. So can you handle yeah, it with your, with your existing with your existing system that you have, can you handle it? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Travis brought up a good point, you know, it might be time to hire a VA and you might be wondering if you're new to the show or you're new to depend on demand, you don't know what a VA is, what can they do for you after you're done listening to episode 16 about order flow, just keep on going to episode 17. We talked about utilizing virtual assistants <laughs> and uh, how they can be beneficial to you, especially if you're not doing any production yourself, you're just drop shipping, um, right. you know, and you have to fulfill that kind of custom artwork stuff. VAs are, are, are lifesavers. Uh, we use, we use them all the time. Um, so be sure to check that out. Travis, the next thing, uh, that we want to talk about for Q4, and it's something that is, is definitely, um, timely, um, mm -hmm. just, you know, in culture right now and in, in our country, what's happening. Um, but pricing, talk a little yeah. bit about pricing. Cause there's lots of things, not just how much are you charging, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff as far as pricing that you can unpack that you need to be aware of and conscious of headed into Q4. Yeah, the the first thing that you should know, um, and and you can take this how you will, um, but in <laughs> in Q4, in kind of that Christmas gift giving, you know, holiday gift giving season, people will pay more yeah. for gifts. Um, yep. They will. So if you choose, you can yep. raise your prices. And I have no problem with that. Um, some people may call me greedy or whatever, or an opportunist. <laughs> I don't care what you call me. Sure. I'm going to make yeah, more exactly. money than you. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and so again, to each their own. And, and I respect you if you don't want to do that too. That's totally fine. And I totally understand that side of the coin. Um, I, just a quick aside, like a um, little story. Uh, a couple of years ago, I 
I can't remember how much I was pricing coffee mugs, but I think I was pricing them at like $14.99 and $17.99 for 15s or something like that. Yeah. Um, and now to be fair, the price of the coffee mugs has gone up and that this is all free shipping prices. The cost of the, the, the coffee mugs has gone up. The cost of the shipping has gone a lot up um, since I was, you know, first starting uh, first class used to, I used to be able to ship a mug like close to $4. And now it's, you know, I don't, it doesn't go anywhere from less than $5 and 50 cents, you know, pretty much. And in yep. Q4, it's probably going to be closer to six because of that extra 30 cents. Um, but I remember, trying something on a few of my best sellers. And I towards, I think it was like December 10th or December 8th or something like that. I shot them up to like 25 bucks for an 11 ounce from 15 bucks, basically. And I did not slow down selling them. (laughs) There was no difference in, you know, the 7th of December to the 8th of December when I raised the prices. And so that taught me something that people will pay more in Q4. Now, um, I also did a a similar experiment after Q4 uh, one year when I had priced them up, I just left them. (laughs) And and I wanted to see how long that kind of pricing would work. And um, I still did pretty good. And so now I'm, I'm making pretty good margins. I don't feel necessarily that I'm going to raise my prices this year. I may again, like on right. the 10th or something like that. Um, but anyway, that, that's just kind of a story about where, where, what I've learned going through multiple quarter fours and multiple right. holiday right. seasons. But the, the question is, you know, beyond just kind of willy nilly, Hey, I'm going to raise my prices because I want to make more money. You've sure. got to back back into that with thinking about like the cost, the rising costs of goods, like, like I alluded to coffee mugs, t-shirts, apparel, all of these things are, they're costing more, Um, you know, with the whole crisis with the shipping stuff and all of these things coming over. And there's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of ships literally waiting to just dock in LA's Mm -hmm. port. And, you know, they're saying, well, there's not enough truckers to come and get the stuff to move it out of the way. So the next ship can come in and offload their, offload their goods. And, you know, and then on the other side of it, there's all of these, you know, tons and tons of goods waiting to be shipped in China. And what's happening is, you know, opportunities, opportunity uh, for the shipping companies and they're really, really raising their rates, which then obviously that passes on to us. And you all know this, I mean, it's basic inflation stuff that's going on. So there's a rising cost of goods. Have you considered that? And have you adjusted your prices? When was the last time you did the numbers Um, in our checkup? This is part of it. Go in, do your numbers, figure out how much the <laughs> yeah. cost of goods actually is. How much does it cost for that poly bag? If you're doing it yourself, you're going to put the shirt in or that box, those shipping supplies. How much is it going to cost to actually ship it to your customer? Has it gone up? If you're a drop shipper, has, has your uh, supplier raised their prices? How does that affect your margin? And do you need to um, to raise your prices as you know, as a result, are these increases being reflected in your pricing? Uh, In fact, just today, I went through a bunch of my stuff um, in my Amazon account and I have what's called a repricer, which automatically kind of lowers and, you know, raises the price based on other sellers jumping onto my listings. There's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Uh, People literally, I make an, I make a (laughs) listing, put a great, you know, and we talked about watermarks. Well, that would be great if <laughs> we should probably put yep. watermarks on our stuff yep. because people will jump on our listing and then 
then totally tank the price. And so I have a repricer that goes down with that. And so I was going to those listings that had been kind of moved. And for some reason, the repricer wasn't pushing them back up. So I just went in and spent, you know, a good hour just going through different listings and looking, oh, there's no one else on this listing. I'm going to raise my price back up. Um, So it's a, it's a good, it's a good checkup for you to see if you are, if you're those increases that we're seeing as a nation and as a business owner, if they're, if they're actually reflected in your pricing of your goods for sale on these different marketplaces. Yeah, that's huge. That's a huge thing to keep in mind. And again, you talked about shipping. I know we talked about in a previous episode, USPS has raised their, has already raised their prices for Q4 um, mm-hmm. this month. And uh, we all know what that means. We all know that means that they will never, they'll never come back down. They just kind of use <laughs> Q4 as a reason to increase and then they just leave them. Kind of a like those old 2 a.m. infomercials about set it and forget it. Well, that's typically what they do. Um, but you just got to make sure that you know about that because soon you'll be you know, going along and wondering why your your boat is taking on water while there's there's some holes that could potentially, you know, result in some leaks. And that's definitely one mm-hmm. of them. That if you're not paying attention to where the pricing is, you could be think you're making money, but in the end, you're actually not because you didn't pay attention to how the how the donuts were made, for lack of a better term. So uh, <laughs> moving on to the third thing here, uh, if, if you're doing your own fulfillment, do you have enough product or shipping supplies? This is uh, another thing to be very cognizant mm-hmm. of and kind of forecast for. Again, because as this volume increases, you're going to run through those materials a lot quicker. Poly bags, packing tape, labels, um, you know, just the stuff like sublimation tape and ink and all of the stuff, pre-treat, yep. all that stuff that you're needing to to take account for that helps that goes into the production of your actual uh, product. And if, if, if not, if you don't have enough, do you have a system or a a flow for ordering those things before they run out? Because again, um, I can't tell you from experience, I'm sure Travis can tell you too, where you thought you had another (laughs) thing, a pre-treat or another thing of labels. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh crap, we didn't, Mm. we're out and we don't have any on the way. And then you're you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. How, how do you ship label? How do you ship packages without shipping labels? And you, you figure yep. those things out. Um, so, a, apart from that as well, do you have backups if if something were to happen? Uh, right, Travis, we were talking about our you know the SG four hundred the sublimation printers. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about getting another one just for a backup because if a machine goes down, do you have a contingency plan? to do to still be able to produce and keep on pace with deadlines it, because those things yeah. are unforeseen print heads can go out or you know things things can happen um right. that you can't plan for but you can plan how you react and how you have a contingency plan um travis mm-hmm. just added to the listener travis just added a bubble wrap to <laughs> the the list of supplies i feel do you have a bubble wrap shortage story uh, travis to share oh my gosh <laughs> I'll tell you last year I bought more bubble wrap from people that I wasn't like a customer for before. Sure. Um <laughs> before I ran out of bubble wrap. I mean, I was calling around finding same. Yeah, I was calling around all over the place saying, "Hey, I need this. Do you have any of this?" and and it was amazing. I was paying, you know, almost twice as much as I was from my normal supplier cuz he just ran out and I hadn't, yeah. you know, pre-planned. So 
Uh, this year we're going to order a lot more <laughs> and we're going to, we've already been in conversations with them, but I mean, that's just one example. I, I sure. and the other thing about the bubble wrap was it wasn't just like, Oh crap, we need bubble wrap. So I have to go find it or, you know, call people and, and find out where I can get it. I had to physically go to their places all around Denver and pick it up and bring yeah. it because they didn't have delivery like my other guy does. So it not only <laughs> took, you know, extra cash, it took extra time because I wasn't ready yep. for the the demand that it took. So that's my bubble wrap story. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and, and there's a, there's another common thread here and it's an old saying, right? Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So if you <laughs> uh, run out of bubble wrap last Q4, if you run out of mug boxes last Q4 and you run out again, this Q4, you're not paying attention. Um, yeah. And so think about those things that now are funny antidotes to share at parties and with, with people in the industry like, man, that bubble wrap, I ran around Denver. But there's there's something that Travis obviously has gleaned from. And this year, he's going to have a stockpile of bubble wrap. It's going to look like a psych ward, just bubble wrap. <laughs> you can go run into walls at Travis's shop here shortly because <laughs> uh, he's going to stockpile on bubble yeah. wrap because he learned from last year. So so while those things are, are funny and kind of great stories to tell now, don't forget the lesson that you learned that resulted in that story. So mm-hmm. uh, if, if someone's not uh, doing production in-house though, Travis, if they're drop shippers, um, mm-hmm. what's something that's kind of the equivalent, like flip side of the same coin uh, for yeah. them? I, I would say that, you know, if you are a drop shipper, the, the equivalent for you is to maybe – have some kind of backup vendors prepared in case something happens yeah. that's unforeseen with your, you know, your main vendor. So if your, you know, main vendor is Printify or Printful, maybe figure out how you can, if you needed to, get some orders to the other one, or maybe find somebody like, you know, like me or Josiah that could potentially help you out. Um, although I will say, right. as as a fulfillment you know, company, um, I, I would be, I don't think I would take on a new client in the middle of December, (laughs) you know? So, you know, you might want to reach out to somebody like me or Josiah, you know, earlier that rather than later to get everything set up. If you did need us later on, um, you know, and just slide into our workflow as opposed to kind of being, you know, a whole new customer in, in the middle of the busiest time of year. But I would think right. that that's pretty dang important. Um, you know, maybe your cust- what if what if your supplier runs out of something? Um, right. What if your supplier, you know, starts getting what? What if we have another Q4 like last year? Some maybe some of those suppliers aren't going to have learned from last year's woes, and they're not preparing in the way that. And you don't know this. And the other thing is, yeah. is that a lot of these places, you're not going to know it until it's way too late. So you need to have an immediate switch yeah. that you can switch to get to get somebody else, you know, use a Guten or, a, yep. you know, whoever else. Um, there's a lot of opportunity or a lot of options out there, but I would have it ready to go. Um, you know, I talked the other week about if you are using these companies that make, they make it easier to be kind of. I don't mean this as a slam, but they make it easier to be lazy with your management sure. of, of your data. And so maybe it's time to like really 
put all that data in a in a way that you can get to it easily. So if you do have to switch, yeah. it's all right there and you're not digging through emails and digging through folders and trying to figure out stuff, but it's all like on a sheet in one place with links to different yeah. things and and you can really um, you know, make that switch as as painless as you possibly can because it's already going to be really painful if you have to <laughs> in the middle of Q4. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, I think that is a good equivalent of uh, you know for a dropshipper just making sure that uh, no matter what happens, you have a backup plan to get that product to your customer through another mm-hmm. provider, another vendor. Um, another thing that you can consider uh, for Q4 that maybe you haven't um, is FBAing some of your best sellers, right? And Travis, you and I do a lot of you know merchant fulfilled or uh, merchant fulfilled prime. Um, but the cool thing about FBA is if you if you take you know the data from from the last year and look at what your best sellers have been, what moves the best, that provides you kind of proof of concept for you to go ahead and send a lot of quantity. Mugs are a lot easier to do, of course. T-shirts, uh, too many variations, little, too many variations, size, mm-hmm. color, that kind of stuff could get crazy. But coffee mugs, for example are really easy to FBA in because you can just send case packs or how whatever quantity you want into to Amazon. Uh, it results in you getting the little prime check badge um, that people often filter. I know I do when I'm shopping. I hit the prime filter because I just want what's prime to be in front of me. Right. Um, but then you send it into Amazon and Amazon handles the fulfillment to the customer on your behalf. So, um, and another thing, another episode back in the archives, I'm just going to start saying that all the time in the archives. <laughs> episode six of uh, the print on demand cast selling on amazon.com. We go into, you know, what fulfillment by Amazon FBA means, the process, that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, if you are, um, you know, if you have the means and are producing at least mugs in house, um, it's, it's a good way to, to think of, of doing that, that can that can increase your sales, but also take off some of the stress of trying to drop ship them individually to each customer. When Amazon can kind right. of handle the lion's share of of, of shipping it, and if a, a mug arrives broken and it's FBA, guess whose fault it's not. <laughs> so, some things to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, I think um, with Amazon, you know, we were we were just looking through some of the episode numbers uh, before we. Uh, pressed record. And it seems like a lot of the Etsy episodes are more popular than um, other episodes, specifically Amazon. And, and uh, I don't think it's any shock for, for the listeners that um, Amazon's kind of my, it's where I, it's my sweet spot. And I think it is for you too, compared to Etsy. I know your wife has a really successful Etsy store as well. We got to get her guys if you're in the Facebook group or whatever, just tag Madeline Cifuentes and tell her to come on the show and talk about Etsy because we're trying to get her to come on here and yeah. chat about Etsy. It'd be awesome. Uh, so I need all of you to really just post like, yeah, it'd be great to hear Josiah's wife's story. Blah, blah, and I'm going to just screenshot and bombard her <laughs> during the day with these people yep. who want, she's in the other room. One second. <laughs> You really need to come on the podcast and talk about Etsy. I'm recording what we just talked about it right now. So you're live on the air, by the way. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyway, do That's what I awesome. ask people, people of the podcast. And uh, 
I'll make sure this happens uh, sooner rather than later. Anyway, Travis, you were yeah. saying. Well, I was just saying that it seems like there's a lot of people that are really excited about Etsy in in the group, which I don't blame them. Um, sure. But I don't want I, Etsy seems to be a little bit it's pretty low hanging fruit. You know, Amazon yeah. seems and, you know, I think at least in our minds, sometimes it can seem like it's harder or more difficult. And sure. um I, I, you're, you may be right. And, but I don't think that that should keep you from really looking into it. Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's not, there's not as many hoops as you think there are. If you're already selling on Etsy, yeah. there, there's hardly, there's really no reason um, that you should, yeah. shouldn't also be selling on Amazon. If, if nothing else, just merchant fulfilled even. Um, sure. But then FBA, I will tell you what, you will sell four to five times the amount of products yep. on an FBA listing than you will uh, an FBM listing. And, um, and fulfilled by Amazon is FBA fulfilled by merchant is FBM. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, man, it is worth the pain of figuring it out and 100%. going through it, especially as we're going into the holiday gift giving season, because yeah. I'm, I'm literally sending thousands of products to Amazon. And I don't think I'm sending enough, <laughs> you know? Um, and so yeah. that's, that's just the cold, hard truth guys. If you're sleeping on Amazon, um, wake up, wake up. Yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe it's not for this Q4. Maybe it is a little too late to kind of jump on that ship, sure. uh, but man, 2022, you need to, you need to really strongly consider it. And if you need help, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Um, we can definitely help you. So there, I said my piece yeah, on the, uh, the FBA part. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I, I completely agree. And and you know, for those listening, just to give you some some kind of context, before this, before Travis and I were in the print industry, before we had the idea of bringing you the gold standard of print on demand podcast information, uh, <laughs> the print on demand cast, uh, we you know made our bones, made our living selling on Amazon through FBA, not just mugs, but almost literally anything we could find at a, right. at a Sam's club. You know, we have, uh, you know, sourcing trips uh, and stories of sitting at an old Chicago playing trivia until that one old Chicago was number one on the trivia list. I don't know if you remember that, Travis, but I do. we did that. that. <laughs> yes. So we've got lots of experience in this and understanding the power of FBA's or of Amazon's FBA program to help increase sales in general and sell through the things that we sent in. So mm -hmm. I think some of that is like just our understanding and our passion for FBA is, is huge. If you want to really quickly, you know, multiply your volume, like Travis said, by three or four times what you're doing on a merchant fulfilled listing. So right. if you are selling on Amazon and aren't doing FBA yet, look into it. If you're not on the Amazon platform uh, and like Travis said, you're on Etsy. They're very similar. There's some nuances and differences between each platform, but you might as well get your content on as many platforms as you can find right. because the more revenue streams you have coming in, not only are you making more money, but you're you're getting the most value out of those assets that you're already listing for sale. You might as well relist them on other platforms. So it definitely is worth the pain of, of, uh, of going through and learning that, that learning curve of, of those different e-commerce platforms. Yeah, totally. Um, so the last one that so, we've got for so you guys. The, what's the last one, Travis? The, the last one really is is just kind of a checkup on your accounting. Um, 
Uh, we are not yeah. accountants, and so please consult your no. your tax professional slash you know all of that stuff. Yes. Um, but there are some basic bookkeeping things that um, you know you just want to make sure as you're going into a season where you're going to sell more that you've got it figured out, and you you need some way to know, yeah. um, you know how much you're making versus how much you're spending. And then, um, you know, for instance, your cost of goods, like what does it cost? We talked about it. What does it cost for that, uh, that product? How much does it cost to ship? Where are you going to put the shipping? Is it a separate line item? Yeah. Are you going to include that in the cost of goods? Because there's different, you know, kind of streams in, in the accounting, in the accounting world that they, they argue for either one. Uh, other expenses, yeah. you know, you subscribe to Merchant Former or, you know, you subscribe to this thing or that thing. Can you write off your internet because you're needing yeah. to do that? If you're a drop shipper, can you write off portion of your home office um, on your taxes? All of these things right. are stuff that you you really need to kind of gather all of your questions, write them all down, all of those things I've just said, and then make sure that you, you know, you've got the the how much you sold versus, you know, and how many it was and what it cost you and all of those, all of that data somewhere, if it's a, you know, if yeah. it's not a, I use zero.com X E R O as a, my accounting software or my bookkeeping software. Some people use QuickBooks, you know, there's other things out there. You can hire it out. Um, but you can also do it if you're just starting with a, you know, and you don't have a whole lot of transactions, you can figure it out yeah. with your bank statement and a, uh, you know, a Google sheet, then take that and make an appointment now for yeah. before the end of the year with your CPA Go in and have that list of questions, have that Google sheet or that, you know, login for your QuickBooks or your Zero or whatever, and then talk to them about, hey, what's or her, what's the best way that I can limit my tax liability for uh, 2021 going, yeah. you know, at the file in 2022. That's really important. <laughs> As a business owner, um, that's really important yes. to have that all figured out, you know, and so those are a couple of things that, um you want to, you want to really kind of make sure you're ready for, it because before you, before you know it, it, we're going to be, it's going to be at the end of 2021 <laughs> and you need to have all that figured out before the end. So, you know, make the right. plan now, schedule the appointment now. Hey, I, you know, on, on December 20th, I want to meet with you. You know, you won't have yeah. all the stuff figured out, but you'll, you'll have a good idea. Well, I'm probably going to close the year about this much. And this is probably where I'm going right. to be because you only got another 10 or 11 days in the year and sure. then you can get some good advice for, you know, do you need to buy some more stuff? Cause you're going to be taxed. You know, you're, you need to buy another printer because you made so much right. money that you're going to be taxed. Or do you need to defer some of those expenses because you lost money, you know, and defer them to next year, <laughs> sure. or what, you know, that big purchase you made or what, I mean, that's, that's what a CPA is for. I'm, I'm not giving you advice. I'm just saying, right. Get somebody that knows what they're talking about. Um, that can help you keep more money in your pocket instead of, you know, giving it to Uncle Sam. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need any more money. Uh, so that's another one of those things too. You know, you might think, yeah, yeah, end of your taxes. Yeah, yeah, whatever, CPA, blah, blah, blah. So, but it's one of those things, again, like cost of goods, which we talked about here, that can slowly uh, result in water coming onto your boat because you weren't paying attention to those costs. You weren't paying attention to those things. <laughs> And you know, suddenly you're you're shin deep in, in water, and and uh, the boat's about to sink. Uh, so, uh, 
Travis, anything else before we wrap up this kind of uh, checkup, this this holiday rush checkup? No, I think um, I think what we're going to do at some point, probably the same day this comes out, we're going to put a post in the Facebook group, like a poll, yeah. and ask what channels you guys sell on, and uh, this will give us, uh, you know, kind of a, it'll help us prove our our hunches, I guess that, you know, Etsy's probably number one. I don't know Well, we'll see. And we'll, and if there's other, you know, I'm going to probably put Etsy up there, eBay up there, Amazon up there, Walmart up there, um, Shopify up there. And then if there's some other ones that you need to write in, by all means do that. Uh, Maybe merch by Amazon, those types of things. And we'll just kind of see what percentage, maybe we'll do two polls. We'll do one poll for actual physical products and one poll for, uh, you know, the royalty based stuff. Sure. Um, But, be sure to look out for that and and um, and submit your you know your vote. Tell us where yeah. you're selling because that'll help us kind of create content and move it forward. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the best way, the only way, the best way, the only way to submit answers on that poll is printonamancast.com slash Facebook. If you are new to the podcast, it's probably the first or second time you've heard me say this. Or if you've been a longtime <laughs> listener, I apologize. But com slash Facebook is uh, the place. It's more than just, I think, for Travis and I, uh, a place to, you know, of course, let you know the episodes and all the new stuff and promote. But it, it really was, the impetus behind it was to build a community of people that can talk and help and share ideas and and kind of uh, help uh, be a catalyst for, for good, um, helpful um, dialogue. And, and creative ideas. So again, printonamancast.com slash Facebook is the place to go and check out that poll. Let us know the platforms that you're selling on and uh, the products that you're selling on those platforms. If social media isn't your thing, uh, I completely understand that. Uh, but you can also email us then. Info at printondemandcast is where you can also send us an email. Let us know uh, what platforms you sell on, so on and so forth. We still want to know your your answers. So if, if uh, social media is not your thing, please do that as well. Again, if you're listening uh, to this on the Apple podcast app, please take time. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, it doesn't have, you don't have to put a comment, but if you do bonus points, uh, but it helps this uh, podcast get in front of the right people, helps the algorithm and helps more people discover the content and insight um, that you've been enjoying for the last almost a year and a half. Uh, of the print on demand cast. And we thank you guys so much for being with us through the entirety of this journey. So Travis, anything else uh, before we wrap this thing up, put a bow on it and uh, send it home. I don't think so. Just uh, glad we could help you guys with your checkup. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We will uh, let us tell you what in that, in the, in the Facebook group as well. Uh, Tell us how you think you did on your yearly physical checkup, physical checkup. Same thing. That was a yeah, whatever. So, but let us know uh, how you think you did. Uh, and we want to hear your feedback on that poll as well. So until next time for Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you right here next week on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.